Hey, hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the Retired 25 Podcast. I'm your host, Solomon Roybo. And today we have a very special guest, Maximilian Naza. He is the founder, CEO of Pascovite. It's a digital marketing software development company. And he's going to share with us a little bit of what he knows about how we can optimize our digital presence, how we can start getting into the new age. If you have not been on social media, if you're company is not optimized for the new age for to be digital this is the man to help you out please welcome maximilian nasa how are you man i'm good i'm good i'm doing good what about you good just enjoying the sun right here in bogota it's very nice very very nice day today that's what's um, up i'm glad yeah. to hear although we're inside i still get to enjoy it out my window so <laughs> <laughs> likewise here i mean it's it's nice looking out but yeah um, okay I haven't done that much. All right. Well, tell us, uh, Max. Can I call you Max? Or you would like prefer Max? And yeah, Max? Max is fine. Max. All right. So tell us, Max. What uh, What about your business? What made you start this digital marketing platform? Um, the The business actually started out of spite, if you can believe <laughs> that. Um, so coming in, I think a lot of businesses uh, started out of spite, no? Right. Lamborghini, <laughs> uh, PayPal. Right. <laughs> a lot it's of businesses like, start off that way. It's like, I'm so mad. What am I going to do? Let's yeah. start a business. Um, so coming in as a freshman, I was a computer science major. Um, mm -hmm. And I told myself, and this, there was no, there was nothing based. Like, it was just a gut feeling thing. I told myself I would never do anything that didn't have to do with my major. Um, I didn't want to work for free. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to do anything that was relevant. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even if I was going to get paid seven twenty-five, it had to be something that was relevant to what I was doing. Um, and as I kept applying to these positions, to these roles, um, I would get interviews to a couple of them. And the few ones where I got to the final stage, or at least the offer stage, mm -hmm. it was always the same feedback. Hey, we like you. Uh, you're a really nice guy, or you just you don't have the experience that we're looking mm -hmm. for. And again, I'm a freshman. This is an <laughs> internship. <laughs> they claim they're looking for freshmen, right? Yeah. And in my I'm like, who are these freshmen that you're looking for <laughs> that have all these experiences that I don't like? I don't get it. It's yeah. just you know. Well, well so, freshman has ten years of experience. Right. Five dollars an hour. I don't get it. <laughs> Right. So then it was just a, a shift in mindset, right? Because from looking for a job, it was like, okay, how can I hire myself, right? Um, or at least how can I give myself work if nobody will give it to me? Yeah. Um, and that directed me towards freelancing mm -hmm. to where, again, it wasn't like a long-term thing. It was like, okay, you need a website, a landing page or whatever the case is um you know i'll do that for you or sometimes it was just putting uh, a form together where it's like a google form or something that i just had to like use basic html and css for mm -hmm. and as i got to do that i started to put that on my resume so now when people said oh you have no experience i went well actually i kind of do here mm -hmm. here it is right so then the freelancing is what slowly evolved into into the business um, and I got around to like 
doing the business because I wanted to charge people more. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's like the, because, the, okay. you know, people are always like looking for, right. People are always looking for, for a bargain, which I don't think I was that expensive, yeah. uh, which, I mean, I don't think anybody really thinks they are because, you know, it's about like charging what you think you're worth. Yeah. Um, but one thing I noticed, uh, at least I thought it would happen and it did is that, um, as I would try to like, people would try to negotiate and I'm like, okay, I need 200 for this or I need 500 for that. Mm-hmm. They would look at me and it's like, you're a college student. Like, what do you need that much money for? Yeah. And it's like, what does that have to do with mm-hmm. anything? Right. But then I wasn't sure how to say that politely. So again, I would try to have this back and forth and nine times out of 10, it was a waste of time. Yeah. Whereas by having a business, instead of I, I would say we, you know, like we're going to get back to you or yeah. it just the, the idea that there's a team mm-hmm. and that I'm responsible to basically taking care of my team members and stuff like that. People just basically didn't do that anymore yeah. when really it, it was still just me. Yeah. <laughs> right. But with a business and like the, the, the presentation that it gave that, that took that headache away. Um, and and I was glad, I was happy about that. And from there, hopefully, I mean, thankfully, things just kept kept growing and, you know, I got to, to where I am today. Okay, yeah. And, you know, that's a great, uh, that's a little, little key, right, for a lot of people starting off. Uh, a lot of times people are, you know, lack of a better word, too honest with their clients. Right. And, you know, they tell them, like, it's just me. So people kind of take, try to take advantage of that. They say, well, you know, how much overhead can you really have? So they try to take you down. But when you say we, and it's, a, it's such a simple little change, such a simple little right. word, right? But when you say we, all of a sudden it's all right. This is a person that's got teams, got employees, got responsibility. So the price becomes reasonable all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. Um, which, which was great because when, when I got to, I mean, right now I'm at a point where I have, contractors and stuff that mm-hmm. I work with when you know work becomes a bit overwhelming uh, and it's just there wasn't like a change in tone for that right yeah. so I went from like in a way pretending to have a team to now that I actually have a team and I don't have to like worry about that because mm-hmm. the when when you're dealing with with a team or like you know to a certain extent outsourcing or whatever the case is yeah. You want to make sure that you at least break even for every project. Yeah. Right. So if I charge you $5, right, or $2,000 or whatever the case is for an app, I have to make sure that if I do need help, it doesn't cost me any more than whatever I charge you because yeah. I get new work from my portfolio, which is good because that builds, adds to my credibility. And two, like I don't lose money. Mm-hmm. Because, like, contrary to popular belief, like, the number one, my opinion, is that the number one, you know, the reason you have a business is to make money. Like, it's it's nice to have passion, and it helps, because when things get rough, your passion is what helps you to keep going and not mm-hmm. give up. But if you're losing money, you're going to have to kiss your passion goodbye, because, <laughs> you know, passion isn't going to pay your employees, passion isn't going to handle like whatever bills you got passion isn't gonna get you new clients like you actually have to like put in the work Mm -hmm. and it sounds shallow to say but 
like the the bottom line i mean it's not the end all be all but at the same time there needs to be a certain baseline that you establish as far as like okay this is what my bottom line should be and as long as it's that i can you know do whatever i can do this i can do that but until you have that straightened down um you should really just be focusing on like your value proposition and and just growing your clientele yeah exactly um so matt as an entrepreneur, as someone that's in digital marketing, what's one thing that you see a lot of other entrepreneurs, a lot of other business owners are failing in? Like, what, what do you see that they're failing in in terms of having that online digital presence? Um, a lot of people, from conversations that I've had with clients and, and other folks, um, they, they don't think that they need a, a digital marketing presence. Uh, to them, it's it's an Achilles heel of sort, right? It's, it's just a pain. They they have to do it. Uh, you know, they they need a website because, you know, in this day and age, if people Google your company and they don't see a website, they'll think that you're you don't exist, yeah. you know, or like you're a scammer or whatever. So they put up a website, but then it's there's no effort that goes into it, right? Mm-hmm. Where Today, in this day and age, your 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 website is basically like your business card of sort, um, or like your 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 headshot when it comes to like acting. Right? It's it's your resume pretty much. Yeah. When when people get on there and they see that it's 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 sloppy, it's not well put together. You have some a lot of people use templates, and there's nothing wrong with using templates. But when um, you know, I get to like a page of your template where you still have the dummy text, you know, <laughs> the gibberish that makes zero sense. It's yeah. like, okay, if, if that's what you do to your own website, what are you going to do to mine? <laughs> you know? Um, so th- this part where they kind of go about it halfway or just try to do like the bare minimum, yeah. that's, that's one when I, you know, where, where they fail. Um, Another thing is people tend to think that, you know, Google and Facebook ads are the only way to go. Whereas wow. there, there are so many more avenues out there. I mean, if yeah. you're, if you're dealing with Google and Facebook, I mean, unless to see real result, you, you need about like you need to spend about two to three grand a month yeah. um, just to, to, to be able to, to, to see hello reddit is like to go like there's a subreddit called um uh ad marketplace i think or market space uh-huh. and it's basically people with like websites mm-hmm. uh and they come in, they post their analytics and stuff like that. They post their demographic as far as, you know, this is a page about friends, right? The TV show, it's a fan page. And, you know, the demographic is this and that, blah, 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 blah. And if this happens to be your demographic, you're basically dealing directly with website owners to, you know, market your thing where you can basically have an ad space. So instead of like using especially with Google, right? Where they sometimes work with like site owners to basically display that. Yeah. You're cutting the middleman out and you're going straight to the source, which a lot of time is cheaper. Uh, 
and whenever you don't see the results like you can kind of stop whenever right mm -hmm. without having too much overhead yeah so yeah i mean they don't they don't research much I, well i don't want to say they don't research but whenever they hear of a method that's not too popular they tend to be wary of it because mm -hmm. they don't want to like lose money but then it's like what do you really have to lose because you could either spend like three grand a month right and realize okay this is not working maybe i need to take a step back versus spending you know fifty dollars for like a three-week period dealing directly with a website owner and then if that doesn't work you just have to find somebody else to deal with right mm. um and uh yeah i mean th those are like the, the two things that i see people people do that in my opinion don't don't really make sense yeah now do you feel like because of corona because of the quarantine what everyone kind of just got you know i like to use the analogy that everyone's standing around the poolside like the, the <laughs> ledge and the pool is the digital era you know the the gig economy where some people were already in the water, some people were testing it out, but coronavirus just kind of threw everyone in the water, and now people are sinking and swimming, right? There's no other options. So do you feel like now, because of what everyone just went through these last three months, that attitude's going to change, and people saw like, okay, I had to close my business for three months, but thank God I was online. <laughs> like, Thank God yeah. I had a digital preference to at least keep me you know, maybe only $500 in the whole month or something like that, like, you know? Uh, I, I think so, but a lot of it is gonna be based on uh, people, right? Customers and what they do. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, online shopping just went into overdrive. It was, it was pretty, pretty, bless you. <laughs> Thank you. It was, uh, it was pretty, pretty big before, mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, today it's, it's everything, right? I mean, yeah. businesses are barely starting to reopen, at least for the state that have. Um, and because there's going to be some restriction in place, right? For like the social distancing and stuff like that. Um, they say we can expect a second and third wave for, for, for the virus. So I expect that that's going to be I mean, pretty much until sometime next year, we're still mm -hmm. going to have some of these restrictions in place. So, uh, you know, until further notice, yes, online will be a big thing. Um, but once everything is cleared up, once we have a vaccine and it's no longer uh, a, a threat, or at least as much of a threat as it is now, um, it's all, it'll all be based on, on, on customers' actions, right? Mm -hmm. So if people keep buying online, um, then yeah, like people will have to, to, to basically do more online than, you know, they may, some may even close shops. Yeah. Um, but if people go back to their old ways, um, then yeah, the, the effort will be back to where it was, but at the same time, um, the work that has been put to like upgrade the online experience will still be there. Mm -hmm. So it'll just be a matter of like maintaining that um, and making sure that, okay, in case this happens again, we're ready to do this. I feel like a lot of companies will have a lot of retailers, a lot of e-commerce folks will have a contingency mm -hmm. action, <laughs> right? Like a, a plan if 
uh, the world is shut down again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I think uh, I have to put that in place these days. Right. So just so it, it's one of those things. It's like insurance, right? You hope nothing wrong happens, mm-hmm. but if it does, you're covered. Yeah. Uh, and like you said right now, the whole sink and swim thing, nobody would have thought, you know, this, this would happen. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of experts, a lot of articles that I read, uh, I mean, this is where the, the world was heading, mm-hmm. uh, but Corona just put all of that into overdrive. And it's been, it's been, I don't want to say pleasant because like the digital marketing person in me is like, yes, this is great. Yeah. But then the way it had to happen is unfortunate because mm-hmm. a lot of people lost their jobs businesses closed um you know various communities were affected um as far as like you know middle class low income um and i'm not i I don't like that it had to happen that way i don't like that there had to be so much damage to like people livelihood and things like that um but yeah i mean it's (laughs) it's it's uh i think melancholous is the word but yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit conflicted about about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's actually interesting because you know I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a, a network marketing entrepreneur. You know, I've since I graduated college, I've had one job and it lasted like, I think three weeks, <laughs> and that was in when I was still in JUCO. But you know, I graduated uh, Arizona State and went straight into network marketing. Right. I just, I did not want a business. I did not, I mean, I didn't want a job. I just wanted to go straight into like my own thing. Um, and what I'm seeing, you know, is we have, I mean, I have a, a, a good size organization and the majority of them, you know, I had a few people that were doing online sales, doing online presence, but the vast majority, I'd say about 85% of my team was still stuck in their traditional life. They didn't want to make videos. They didn't want to have a social media presence. They had a Facebook and that was about it, right? But that was to like show pictures of their puppies and their family and stuff. It wasn't really for their business. And what I saw is like when this happened, a lot of people started making that shit like really quickly. You know, some people were like, right, like the first day they're already making videos. They started, you know, doing what they had to do. And then there are some people that are like still dragging their feet. But they were starting to slowly you know, they slowly made their, that change, right? They, they, they made the turn, but slower. And I was kind of seeing it like, uh, I don't know, you know, in the United States, we have Uber Eats, we have um, Grubhub, like all those services, right? Yeah. And I use this analogy with them a lot. Like there's people like, you know, that don't use those services because they don't like other people touching their food, right? Uh, you know, here in Colombia, we have services, like they'll, they'll go grocery shopping. Well, in the United States, we have that too, right? Uh, I forgot what the, there's a company that does a, like grocery shopping for you too. But there's people that didn't use that service before just because they had, they like to pick out. Instacart, right? Instacart, Instacart? yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) Where people would go out because they wanted to like pick out their own produce, pick out their own food, and they didn't trust another person to do it. And now Corona happened and no one wanted to go outside. So they started using Instacart and they found out how, convenient it is to not leave your house and have your groceries just show up at your door right so it was kind of like that like people are gonna make that change i feel like coming out of this people are gonna be more online like especially the people that were holding out you know the people that still wanted to stick to their traditional ways 
now they're seeing how convenient it really is to be on your couch ordering groceries. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, because so, I was using Amazon Prime in, in college, right? Mm-hmm. And when I told my, my family that I wasn't shopping, people were like, when I was shopping online, they were like, how? Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Yeah. And, you know, how do you choose the good stuff? How do you, you know, how do you know that I'm not just taking the stuff that are, that's about to expire? Yeah. And I'm like, it doesn't matter because I'm going to eat it, like, right away. Like, I don't, I don't, at least, you know, my, my, my parents and stuff, my family, when they go out and, I mean, they shop at, like, Sam's Club, mm-hmm. you know, the Costco's in the world. I mean, you know, shopping bulk and the thing stays for, like, a month or two, right? Yeah. Whereas with me, I'm shopping for like the next two weeks, the next yeah. three weeks or whatever. So yeah, like usually it's it's over by the time yeah. <laughs> before we get there. And that yeah. just that didn't register with them. You're like, why do you have do you have to be so lazy? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to like explain that it's really not that bad. If anything, it saves me time because yeah. I have to because I stayed in Atlanta at the time and you know being downtown, um, I mean, there could be traffic for, like, any reason, whether an accident or, especially on the weekend, some people were, like, you know, some parade happening or if there was a game, it, you know, so, I mean, something that's, like, 10, 20 minutes away could end mm-hmm. up turning into, like, a, a 40, 50-minute journey. Yeah. But with that, whenever I needed something, I would, like, put in the order and usually within, like, you know, two to three hours, I would like get it yeah. uh, delivered to my place. And that two to three hours, instead of like assuming that was traffic, right? I can use that time to do something else. I could mm-hmm. do nothing, <laughs> right? <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not in traffic. Feel, oh my goodness, I could be doing this. I could be doing that. Yeah. It's all about options, right? The whole thing with like Instacart and all that stuff. People feel like they have options and, you know, not necessarily that it's not true, but when people feel that way, they'll make different decisions based on how they feel or based, you know, I mean, we're all biased in a way, right? Yeah. But when you put people against the wall, which, you know, coronavirus kind of has, um, and it's either do that or nothing, mm-hmm. then they're they're going to do the only option that they have presented to them. because either you use Instacart or you don't, you don't get food, right? Or yeah. you can go to Walmart and find that everything you want is, is gone because people took it, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember the first time I went, when they first locked it down, I was trying to get some snack and like my favorite cookies like was out. And I'm like, why would they do that? Did they not know I was coming? <laughs> <laughs> right? But then it just... It's like as much as like, oh, yeah, I wasn't going to get this. I'm always going to get this. In that moment, it didn't matter anymore because mm-hmm. it's like I was trying to come out to the store like not more than once bi-weekly or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, my favorite cookies were out, but I just took whatever was there and I called it a day because it's like, you know, either I want some snacks or I don't. I mean, at the end of the day, does it really matter what brand yeah. it is? Like, it's <laughs> really all. I mean, chocolate chip is chocolate chip, really. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been it's been interesting to see like the the reaction and how people have like been able to adapt. 
mm-hmm. but I would love, or at least I'm looking forward to seeing whether, you know, those same habit remain or if they go, go, I mean, it's never really going to go back to where it was, but how close does it go back to that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause one thing customers don't understand, or at least by their action, I would say is that they, they control the market. Yeah. You know, uh, when Apple, came out and they were like, we're taking away the headphone jack. People were like, oh no, why would you do that? I just bought a pair of headphones. And then the phone came out and within 48 hours, well, yeah, I think 48 hours later, like they were sold out, all units, Yeah. right? So are they gonna listen to you complain or are they gonna listen to like you exercising your purchasing power? Because I promise you, if the phone had came out and within like a week they had like five units sold they would have scrapped that and they would have brought it you know they would have brought the headphone jack back because again you (laughs) you have that that power you have that influence of like because if you don't buy it then they have to change that either Mm -hmm. that or they go out of business No, that's true. They would have the iPhone. What was the first one? The iPhone 10. They didn't have that jack, right? Yeah. Yeah, they would have came out with like the iPhone 10J for for jack or something like that. (laughs) In like two weeks. Uh, In two weeks, they would have just drilled a hole in the phone. Everyone would have been cool with it. Like, this is the remix. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the iPhone Uh, 10 remix. (laughs) Right. It's like, always better than the original right but yeah so our max so you've been so you've had your business how long you had it three years uh three years three years okay in those three years you've been full-time entrepreneur right like full-time well not exactly uh Mm -hmm. so i actually just went full-time in march okay so best yeah, time right best time middle. to do it right best right, time to do right it the, <laughs> right that's not right. doing the middle of a global <laughs> pandemic no, i mean out. you know the, the the time was chosen at at random i mean this was a decision i made like i want to say almost a year ago mm-hmm. uh and as it got closer especially in that last month um it was just like okay what do I still go through with this? Do I, you know, like what's going on here? And then the way I thought about it is it's never going to be perfect, right? Of course, mm-hmm. the pandemic is like one, I mean, it's a one in a lifetime type of situation. But I told myself, you know, if it's not a pandemic, it's going to be something like, yeah. you know, so if I'm, if I'm looking at that or if I'm waiting for like a perfect time, I'm, I'm never really going to go through with it. Um, and yeah, I did. It's been, it's been great. I've been blessed enough to have work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I am partnering up with the investment firm in the area and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. And, uh, I'm learning a lot about, again, you know, private investing and, and all that good stuff, which is mm-hmm. uh, something that I'm, that I'm interested about. Although, these people play in like a in a whole new league right like i was having a conversation with with uh one of their developers one time and uh one of the project was about automating something for like you know some of the investors and stuff 
and it was like this is going to help them make decisions because sometimes they like to invest small amounts yeah I'm like, oh really small amounts you know can i get in on that and he was like well no relatively speaking right because the small <laughs> investment here is like five to ten mil and i was like oh okay well <laughs> thank you for crushing my dreams <laughs> Oh, it's, it's and I'm like, okay, yeah. So, I mean, they're, you know, it's 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 fairly it's fairly humbling, but at the same time, being able to to be a part of that or at least watch it, mm. um, you know, firsthand and and understand and uh, or at least have an idea of what's going on, being able to like ask questions, which they've been more than willing to answer up to up to this point, has been has been great because I mean you can read all the books out there you can you know have uh, dozens of theories or you can try to do whatever you can right at that scale mm-hmm. but people that do it at, at the highest level right if I can use a, a, a sport sports metaphor mm-hmm. um, there's nothing better than being able to you know it's like sitting courtside yeah. Right. And then being able to like see that and, and getting a chance to talk to them after the game and be like, okay, so, you know, why did you cut left instead of cutting right? Because it seemed like that's what the guy wanted to do, wanted yeah. to do right, so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's it's been a blessing. I'm I'm thankful. I'm grateful. And I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to enjoy the ride for what it is and, and make the most of, of that opportunity. That's great, man. So what's something like you've learned in this journey like throughout your process was something that has really like molded you maybe changed your outlook on things what's what's something like that that a lot of people you know that you could you could share with us um yeah so (laughs) it's people talk about it's just it's just business right Mm -hmm. um I've never been a fan of that, um, of that saying because I think it's not it's not really accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot invest so much of yourself into something mm-hmm. and tell me it's not personal, you know. Yeah. Um, and it be selective about the things that you do mm-hmm. because if you don't care enough about it you're not going to be successful because Mm -hmm. one you're not going to put in the right amount of effort that's Mm -hmm. needed um, for you to to be successful and two when things get rough you're going to to stop you're going to quit because it's insanity Mm -hmm. you know again with me going full-time in march like it makes no sense whatsoever there's a global pandemic going on. People are losing their jobs. Um, and I'm lucky enough to be in the field as a software engineer that wasn't too affected. But even then, there were still some software engineers losing their jobs, right? Yeah. And then here I am saying, you know what? I'm going to do this anyway, mm-hmm. right? Like it makes, <laughs> it makes zero sense, regardless of like how you, you know, you go about it. Uh, but again for me it's it's personal like failure is not is not an option um i am you know i'm happy with the 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 company that i'm able to work with right now um and i mean the work is for an extended period of time so like i don't have to to worry about you know 
what am I going to do two weeks from now or whatever. But if, um, if let's say like for whatever's there, like we can't, we've had to make some budget cuts, we can't work with you anymore. Like I'm confident in my ability to land a new client, a new project. Not necessarily because I'm the greatest, but because I know the amount of work that it would take to make things happen. Mm. And I am willing to put in that work. And you cannot do that unless you care mm. so much. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> you know, so true. find the the one thing or the, the few things that, that you care about the most and then figure out what you're best at. Mm-hmm. Because it's a mix of of, of caring and also your skill set. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not a salesman, so like I I could care a lot about sailing, but I I don't think I would like do great in there, right? Yeah. At least as well as I would as an engineer or you know somebody who like builds app because mm-hmm. like that's that's my bread and butter. That's what I went to school for. I really love it. I've had experience working from startups to like fortune five ten companies i would say (laughs) um and yeah like it's it's been it's been quite a journey so for me to you know work my way up the corporate ladder to now being able to you know focus on 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 my my business uh full-time and trying to you know work up that ladder as well which i'm not sure what it's called the business ladder <laughs> like the, the corporate the, ladder the entrepreneurial well, ladder wait you're right <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we have a ladder i don't think we have yeah a ladder. i think it's just the it's more of an elevator started. you know every now and again you go up yeah. you go down and yeah. yeah it is what it is uh so yeah you know find out what you care most about and then do a process of elimination to see of the stuff you care about what are you best at Mm-hmm. And then focus on that one thing um, until you get to a point of like financial freedom, I would say, whatever yeah. that means to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have to be a, a millionaire to like do that, right? Um, yeah. At least to get to that point. Um, and then from there, if you'd like, um, you can start, assuming you have the time and you're able to, to you know, you have some extra time to spend and you're comfortable doing so, you can... Um, try learning about those other interests or Mm -hmm. you can be lucky enough to where they kind of fall hand in hand right so like private investing and investing is something that i've always been curious about it's something that i've always wanted to learn about Mm -hmm. Uh, so for me being able to work with a vc firm i mean it's it's a dream come true almost because like that's what they do (laughs) right so i don't really have to you know, by doing my work, I'm, I'm, you know, getting better at it. And at the same time, I'm learning about this thing that I'm, that I'm interested in. Um, Doesn't always happen, but yeah, I look out for this, for this, for these opportunities. Um, But yeah, care a lot, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a whole lot. Yeah. (laughs) No, you have to, especially as a, as an entrepreneur starting off, as someone that's starting off in this journey, you have to care a lot because, you know, especially at the beginning, it's such a hard road. There's a lot of negativity coming your way, people around you. You know, I'm sure when you started 
you just start telling people you're going to go do your own thing. Everyone's like, why would you do that? Like, why would you want to do that? You know, it happened to right. me when I was starting off. And to get through that, you have to just care about what you're going to do. You have to know, like, okay, it's not going to be easy, but if I can make it work, it's going to be all, all that better, right? Yeah. And for me, it, it's not even – it's like making it work, that's great. Because, that, you know, nobody fails on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I hate it. And hate is a strong word. But I hate it when people talk about embrace your failure mm-hmm. or, you know, embrace like failing and and anything close to that because nobody fails on purpose yeah you know like so uh, an analogy that i have for that is like with with dating right so let's say i see a girl and then i see she has like a wedding ring on or she has a ring on and i can only assume it's a wedding ring and i'm like you know what she's probably married she's gonna say no to me she's beautiful but I'm going to go ahead and try to ask her out anyway, because the, when she tells me no, that's going to be a beautiful learning experience. Like, no, like, you don't do that. <laughs> you see what I mean? Like, you don't put yourself in positions where you're going to get shut down regardless. Um, but, like, you know, if, if, if there's, you, you have to believe that you're going to succeed. You know, you have to believe that it's going to work out. and I mean, if it doesn't, so be it, you know, um, deal with it however you might, you know, when I try something and, and it doesn't work out, um, usually for like two days, I, I just, I, I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to deal with nobody. I don't, you know, from something as simple as like, you know, setting a proposal over and, you know, it doesn't get signed or like sometimes they don't even look at it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, really, like, where did I go wrong? Where did I, you know? And again, kind of analyzing that and seeing that, okay, this is what I could potentially do better. And then when I come back out of that, it's like, okay, I'm good. You know, I I think I learned something and I'm going to try to like apply it moving forward. But this whole like, oh, I'm happy it didn't happen because it wasn't meant to be or whatever. I don't, I don't do that. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not happy. It should have happened. (laughs) But see, I, I think I think the second one is the where you know how most people should approach it, right? You know, you failure. Obviously, you're not happy about failing, but right. as long as you look at it, you know, okay, I failed. Where did I mess up? How can I better? And right. You keep going. Like as long as you have that type of mentality, I think you're always gonna be fine. I think yeah, the, a lot of problems is people fail and they're just like, oh man, well, try to throw it all in, try to try to <laughs> shut it, like shut it all down, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's well, different. Yeah, it's definitely different. You have to have that mindset. Um, do you have any like a book or you know uh, some kind something that you will recommend to someone that's starting off? Something. Um. So I only read tech books <laughs> just because it's like related to to you know what I do and stuff like that. Yeah, well, we're and... gonna have. I'm sure there's gonna be some. <laughs> <laughs> some people out there starting some kind of tech digital marketing right. firm. Right. Um, I would say like so the, I think the title my favorite was like the Pragmatic Programmer. I think is the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's not about any tech stack per se, but just how again to be pragmatic, how to to think, how to um, 
approach various problems you know when you when you're stuck mm-hmm. how you know what do you do um or at least what are some some ways that you can go about looking for a solution from you know again using your network to using the resources available to you right so to an engineer that's google stack overflow uh reddit mm-hmm. you know just any and everything right um as for like business um what i've done so far um you know from business to like emotional intelligence how to deal with people uh communication i've just read a bunch of like blog articles uh not from like one person person specifically but just uh like really anybody so like medium is a good source for me um and you know twitter i follow some some people that uh share about like some of their writings and writing of like other folks i tend to focus on the writing that they share about other folks cuz i mean yourself it's like self promotional in a way Mm-hmm. and yeah i guess i don't cuz every time i'm reading it it's like okay but he's like he's trying to like promote something or he's just trying to whatever which could be right or wrong but i feel more comfortable reading something that you promoted from somebody else yeah. uh versus like that you're promoting from from yourself um mm-hmm. and again it's it's kind of like a wikipedia sort and that those people have read all the books and they're kind of sharing the the gems right like the the good portions mm-hmm. uh and then I'm kind of just going in and kind of soaking all that in uh which helps just cuz I spend so much time you know on tech related stuff that you know I don't want to spend all my free time just reading about business and all this stuff that I'm not really good at or that I'm not as strong as uh cuz I do need some some me time like you know where I'm just either not doing anything or you know I'm watching like some show on Hulu, Netflix, YouTube or whatever side out there um and uh yeah so it's it's a good way to like be efficient efficient with my time um but yeah like those i would say like at least that's been my approach mm. and um i guess it's up to the listeners to decide if they want to try that or not. <laughs> i mean there's nothing there's nothing wrong with reading i mean i i do yeah. read i just i don't i don't read books <laughs> in the traditional <laughs> sense no it's fine well matt uh you know it's been great hearing from you hearing your experience your story uh, if people want to get in contact with you maybe they want some uh digital marketing uh advice maybe they want to hire you contact you where can we find you uh passivate passivate.com um is the website mm-hmm. um i'm also on social media at passivate uh instagram facebook linkedin twitter so you can reach out to me out there as well my personal um uh, instagram is this problem solver <laughs> underscore between each word so this underscore problem underscore solver um so yeah you can reach out to me directly with like any questions whether about business or tech or whatever um mm-hmm. i'd be more than happy to to answer and help out in the best way i can so yeah all right thank you man well that has been you a great for giving me the opportunity allowing me to to get on your platform and, and speak i appreciate it i appreciate you man
and you know keep working keep grinding i'm sure you're going to be able to blow up especially in these times right now where everyone needs to have that online presence yes, the sir. people that didn't want it are not are starting to look for it well this has been a great episode thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode bye